Welcome to the Sano Genetics Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Sano. We're here in Cambridge in our office and actually recording our first Q&A episode. So this episode is going to be all about myth busting and direct-to-consumer genetic testing. So what we've done is gone through Quora, uh, which is a popular question and answer site, and taken some of the top questions that are most frequently asked about direct-to-consumer genetic tests like 23andMe or Ancestry DNA. So we've got uh, five questions for this episode. We're going to get started and just go ahead right into the first one. Um, and that's how accurate are the tests offered by Ancestry DNA and 23andMe? There's quite a few variants of this on Quora. Um, so for example, how reliable is the DNA testing offered by sites like Ancestry and 23andMe? The second one, how accurate is 23andMe. I think that question needs to be split into two parts. The first is the accuracy of the technology, so genotyping, which is what uh, 23andMe and Ancestry do. Uh, genotyping basically looks at about 500,000 to a million different sites across the DNA and tests those individual sites. Um, if you haven't heard or if you don't remember, we have about 3 billion bases in general, so genotyping looks at a small number of those. The accuracy of that test is very high, so it very rarely makes a mistake in reading those sites. Um, so that's kind of part one. If you were to do a 23andMe or an Ancestry, the raw data that you got back would be very similar. Um, but the second half of the question where I think they're far less accurate is actually in the interpretation of that data. So uh, if you've been tested by 23andMe and uh, they provide a prediction of what your ancestry or your ethnicity is. This can be very different from uh, what Ancestry DNA says. And there are a lot of examples of people where one test says they're 3% Scandinavian and the other test says they're 30. Uh, so these tests can be really accurate when it comes to relatively simple traits like eye color or hair color or even things like male pattern baldness. Um, but when it gets more complicated, Ancestry, for example, or even, uh, you know, potentially more worryingly, health-related traits like breast cancer uh, or Alzheimer's disease risk, the power of these tests and the accuracy in telling you whether you're likely to have those uh, is far less than, uh, than you might be led to believe. Okay, great. Let's go on to question number two, which is related. Does DNA testing for diet and fitness really work? I would say, unfortunately, the simple answer is no. Uh, kind of dovetailing off the previous question, you can very reliably test uh, people's DNA, but actually interpreting it for anything beyond very simple traits like how does your body process caffeine or how does your body process alcohol. A lot of people experience red flush when they drink alcohol. Both of these are uh, actually relatively well understood in terms of genetics, but more complicated things like should you be a weightlifter or a distance runner? There's some information in your genetics, but really not very much. Uh, we actually had a very interesting guest who wrote a book called Gene Eating. Uh, that's Dr. Giles Yeo uh, on one of our previous podcasts. So he talks a lot about this, about how the genetics underlying obesity and, and um, dietary preferences and how we train is really complicated and not well understood. So. If you're interested in getting one of these tests to help you change your diet or training regime, I would recommend uh, you do a lot of research first to make sure that you're really going to get what you want um, and that you're not 
being marketed to. Moving on to the next question, that is, uh, we have two questions actually that are related. The first one is, does 23andMe provide accurate results for people of Indian heritage? Great question. And the second is, does 23andMe work for Asians as well? The website seems to say that the data is optimized for European ancestry. So broadly speaking, do these direct-to-consumer tests work for people who don't have uh, European ancestors? There's been a lot of discussion and research on this in the last few years. Um, and as the second question suggested, for the majority of these tests, um, the results don't translate as well to people who have non-European ancestry. It really depends on the trait um, and how simple or complex it is. Uh, but as some of these tests do say on their website, they're not as effective for people of non-European ancestry. The reason for this is that historically most of the people who were involved in research studies and also who have bought these tests uh, have had European ancestry, so from Europe or uh, people in the US that have ancestors from Europe. So this is a big problem, uh, in my opinion, in terms of getting this technology to be helpful for healthcare because we can't have something that only works for a small percentage of the population. There are a lot of researchers out there that are, that are looking into this. Um, so I would say make sure you take a look at these tests before uh, you determine if it's right for you. Uh, there's actually a relatively recent announcement from 23andMe. They've started offering a diabetes risk predictor, um, but they actually acknowledged in their press release that it doesn't work as well for people with non-European ancestry. And there was a lot of concern from scientists around whether this test should be even offered in the first place. But uh, just know that this is something researchers are actively working on and, it, and it, you may be disappointed if you get a test um, from one of these companies and uh, you're not from one of these demographics that have been well studied. Okay, moving on to question four. Uh, this is a great one. How much of the genome does 23andMe or Ancestry sequence? Uh, this is a great question. As I mentioned earlier, genotyping kits, which uh, these companies use, target between half a million and a million spots in the genome out of the about three billion total that we have. Uh, so they're missing a lot of information in some sense because they only look at places where we know that humans uh, tend to be different from one another. Um, but what they miss is a lot of the rare genetic variation or private genetic variation that you as an individual have. So they rely on mostly things that vary commonly in the population. There are some algorithms that uh, researchers and companies like this use to try to fill in the blanks in between these places that they test, um, but they're not always accurate on things that are very rare. Uh, so that leads me to the, the second question. Uh, common technology that's used, which is whole genome sequencing. Uh, this is the most expensive way of doing the test. So if the 23andMe tests or ancestry tests, which use genotyping, cost between 30 and uh, 100 pounds, whole genome sequencing is about 500 to 1,000 pounds or dollars, depending on where you're getting it done. And whole genome sequence covers nearly all of the three billion bases that we have, and it can pick up both common and uh, rare or totally private variation. And then somewhere in the middle is uh, something called exome sequencing, which you may have heard. Uh, so about 2% of your DNA, about 50, 60 million bases out of this 3 billion uh, are genes. So 2% of the DNA are genes. Uh, and genes basically encode the instructions to make proteins. So in some sense, they're kind of the most important 2% of your genome. Um, 
And for that reason, many severe diseases like uh, cystic fibrosis or AKU, which was on a previous uh, podcast that we had with Nick Soro, muscular dystrophy, breast cancer, all of these pretty severe diseases are caused uh, more often by mutations in genes. So exome sequencing focuses on that 2% of the genome um, and it's like whole genome sequencing where it goes to great depth and you can see both common and rare variation. So exome sequencing, the price is typically somewhere in between, between 150 or three or 400 uh, pounds or dollars depending on whether you're getting it as part of a nonprofit research study, in which case it might be less expensive, or buying it from a company, which adds a little bit on top. Okay, great, moving on to our last question. I'll click on the Quora link here. How seriously would you take the health reports from direct-to-consumer companies? So uh, this is a little bit similar to one of our previous questions about the accuracy of the tests. Um, what I would say is that these tests are in most cases not really ready for diagnosing or suggesting treatment for any major health condition. So if you're looking into one of the tests for these reasons, uh, I think I'm not alone in suggesting that you definitely speak to a doctor and maybe consider whether this kind of test is right. Uh, if you've already done a test and you got something concerning back, so maybe it told you you had a risk of Alzheimer's or breast cancer or something else like that, then you should definitely speak to a medical professional. Unfortunately, what happens in most of these cases is your doctor will tell you that they can't really use this test to diagnose or treat a disorder, and so they'll order you some kind of different test uh, that's gone through uh, a little bit more rigorous approval from the medical system in whatever country you're in. Um, so just make sure if you're doing one of these tests, you understand what they can deliver. Uh, and that's information about traits like eye color, hair color, baldness, some of these interesting things around consumption of caffeine or alcohol. But if you're really worried about a particular genetic condition, then definitely speak to your doctor first. Okay, great. Uh, that was our final question for this episode. So thank you all for listening. As always, you can send us feedback at any time to podcasts at sonogenetics.com. We read and respond to every email, so please don't hesitate to email us. Uh, if you have a question, if you'd like your question to be answered on the next Q&A podcast, uh, please also feel free to send that to podcast.sanogenetics.com. Uh, and then, of course, feel free to visit our website, sanogenetics.com, to learn more about some of the interesting projects we're running. So great. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.